everybody and welcome to Growth Week. This is a monthly week-long conversation that is aimed at helping you grow in every aspect of your life. If the truth be told, everyone wants to live a good, healthy and vibrant life. But I'm here to tell you that a vibrant life is grown on purpose. It just doesn't happen by accident. So, no matter who you are or where you are in life, whether you are a businessman, a church leader or a housewife, this podcast will challenge you and all your organization to grow intentionally towards your God-given purpose. My name is Justin Duro. I'm a certified John Maxwell Leadership Coach and I'm also the lead pastor here at Word of Truth Ministry. With me in the studio is one of our ministry directors and co-hosts, Robin Aldea. Welcome to all our podcast listeners to this month's Growth Week. We are so excited to bring this month's content to you. We had a very amazing and challenging week working through the stuff that we're going to be talking about. And I know that it is going to be such an eye-opener for a lot of people. It's going to challenge you. It's going to really grow you. So I I want to encourage you to remain plugged in, um, fasten those seatbelts, do what you need to do to make sure that you really receive this um, week's content. And so before we get to that, we want to do a little bit of a self-reflection, you know, where we at the moment. So Pastor Jay, how are you doing and what are you learning? Hey Robin, we are in for another great week as we focus on intentional growth as always. Yeah, I think at the present moment, I feel like I'm being stretched in almost every possible way. Uh, As you know, work has been demanding. Um, I've taken on some transitional projects that I'm hoping to give away by the end of the year. But between now and then, It means that I don't have enough time to focus on self. So I've been learning, I guess, to work under pressure, which for me is not a new thing, but maintaining that constant uh, intentional growth process Mm. has been the challenge. So I've had to sacrifice a lot of things. So I'm learning to sacrifice things for what matters. Um, I've had to try and maintain my morning routines kind of thing. And yeah, actually, I think, I guess I am learning to sleep better. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a good thing in my life at the present moment. I'm learning. I've had to sacrifice a lot of television so that I can go to bed mm. early so that I can get up Ellie. Mm, that's great. That's great. I think for me, you know, it's really been uh, funny that you should say the morning routine because like I said in that episode, you, that's <laughs> always been a struggle for me. And in the past month, I've really, I wouldn't say I've mastered it, but most mornings I'm doing what I need to do. I'm starting my day off right. And it's made that's such good. a difference in just how I show up. Um, in my everyday life. And so I'm excited about that. But at the same time, I was thinking about, you know, every month I feel like this pressure to share something new that I'm learning. But to be honest, I'm still wrestling and grappling with some of the things that have just been coming from the past couple of months, you know, I've not yet mastered um, most of those things. And so I keep coming back to specific um, points of growth and that I'm like, okay, I need to keep working on this. I can't just keep going on to the next thing. But with that being said, you know, for the past month, I think I've gone back to basics in just my relationship with God and just who he is, who I am, um, you know, and just really settling those truths in my heart, you know, that's good. 
my identity, who he has created me to be, my purpose, all that kind of stuff. You know, it kind of like really going back to the baby Christian, the baby things, but really reflecting on those things and making sure that my foundations are right. And so it's been a challenge and it's been coming face to face with some of the things that do tend to creep in. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the lies, some of the things of the world that you 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 do just subconsciously, I guess, let in. And so for me, it's been a really important process of making sure that I go back and I set those things straight, if that makes sense. That's good. Like you said, we sometimes get caught up in this whole thing. I need to learn something new, but it doesn't have to be new. You Mm -hmm. still need to be growing. And so, yeah, it's good to know that I'm not the only one who's... uh, you know, kind of growing in old ways, Mm. but still growing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So with that being said, this month, we are talking all about relationships. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen that this episode is titled How Not to Suck at Relationships. You know, Pastor Jay, relationships are hard. That's right. Going through Growth Week and you sharing all this content with us, I think every single day, a couple of times, in a, in a session, you would say, guys, relationships are hard. And that is so true. Um, there's this counselor, Chip Judd, who says something like this. He says, relationships can be your greatest source of pleasure, but they will also be your greatest source of pain. And that is so true. If you think about maybe your best memories throughout your life, the times where you've experienced the most joy, the most peace, the most pleasure kind of thing, chances are that you've had people in those moments. But then think about your low moments, you know, those times where you've really been down and out, where you've maybe had your heart broken or whatever. People have also been the source of that. Yeah. And so in the light of that, we want to help our listeners. We want to equip you to deal with the ups and downs of relationships because relationships are hard. And so every day this week, we are going to give you some super helpful principles around healthy relationships. Because again, anyone can have relationships, but very few people actually have healthy relationships. We believe that you need to grow in relationships. All of us should be growing in our relationships. That's right. You know, there's a lot of compelling evidence that good, strong and healthy relationships will contribute to long life, happy life. So if you want to be successful in life, you need to invest in your relationships. One of the most significant investments you can ever make for yourself is in in others. Really investing in relationships will make a, a huge difference. And on the other Uh, The extreme side, you know, they have also done researches and they are saying that when you isolate yourself, when you are lonely, when you're not in relationship or when you're not intentional about your relationships, you tend to suffer from unnecessary stress, high Mm. blood pressure, depression, obesity, all these things, uh, just to mention a few. But this is how important and significant uh, relationships are. Mm. You know, for me, Pastor Jay, I've found uh, maybe it's just the kind of person I am, my personality type kind of thing. But when my relationships are not in a good place, when I feel like, hey, I'm struggling with relationships, it almost feels like my whole life is kind of out of balance because that's how much I value the people that are in my life. That's how much I believe that God has placed every single person in my life for a purpose, for a season, for a reason. And so when it feels like there's chaos in those relationships, it's very difficult for me to just carry on with life because I want to 
bring some sort of resolution to that. Yeah. And it's not just about your personality type. It's it's a human thing, mm. Robin. Everyone struggles. Some people pretend like I don't care. I'm safe by myself. I will do this. But, but they are struggling. Their lives um, or their lifestyle suffers simply because of relational mm. problems. So we, whether we like it or not, uh, we were created to be relational beings. So we have to learn how not to suck at our relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter number 12 and verse 18, as far as it is possible, do everything on your part to live at peace with everyone. So if I was to give you a contemporary just version, I would just say, do everything in your power not to suck at your relationships. And the thing is, Robin, you know, everyone enjoys good, healthy relationships. Uh, when relationships are going well, we all know the joy that comes with that. But very few people are willing to do what it takes to make their relationships healthy because it takes work. It's hard work to develop good, healthy relationships. It's what they say about the grass being greener on the other side. All those relationships that we admire, you know, the people that we see getting along and we look from a distance and like, I wish my relationships are like that. It's simply because they were willing to do the hard work Mm -hmm. to make sure that their relationships um, are healthy. And the Bible also says another scripture that I would love to just uh, throw out there. In fact, I'll throw two from the same uh, book, Proverbs chapter number 18. Verse one says, an unfriendly person pursues selfish ends. Mm. They they focus on selfish things. And against all uh, sound judgment, they will start quarrels. And then Verse 24 says, which is uh, the one that I really love, it says, a man who has friends must he himself be Mm. friendly. So if you want to have good, healthy friendships, you need to make sure that you are healthy yourself. So the question you need to ask yourself today as you're listening to us is, are you ready for good, healthy relationships? Now, it's easy to say yes. Almost everybody wants to say yes, uh, I'm ready for good relationships. And so we want to give you some principles that will help you assess whether you are really uh, ready for good and healthy relationships. One of the things that I've realized is that most people have huge uh, relational blind spots. They are not aware of the fact that they are not treating others well or they're not just connecting with people. So we want to help people uh, become aware of how they are relating with others. So I read this book. I think this was the second book I from John Maxwell I've ever read. And um, this book really changed my life. This is If, if there's a book that I love the most from uh, John Maxwell, it is this book. He, he wrote a book called Winning with People. And I was, you know, I was really terrible at relationships. I, I, I'm naturally an introvert, so I want to just keep to myself. And I, I used to struggle with this whole idea of relating with people. And so when I came across this book, Winning with People, I thought, geez, let me read this book and see if I can become a better pastor, you know, just kind of connect with people. And it was so practical. You know, if you look at my relational skills right now, they are based on these principles. Pastor Jay, I think it's so funny. It reminds me of when you started the first session and you said, I'm not sure if I should be telling you guys these things because I'm giving away all my relational secrets. And um, I, I didn't quite believe you because I was like, oh, surely not. You know, surely it's it's just a book. But my goodness, like <laughs> as you unpacked each principle for us over those five days, it was like, wow. 
this this book is just incredible and I'm currently reading it. I'm halfway through and I must say it is just incredible. Yeah, so we really want to encourage you if you can get uh, a hold of this book, read it. You will go into uh, greater detail on these principles, but we're going to share the principles with you and we're going to try and personalize them as much as we can because I want to say to you, I'm not perfect. I still struggle in a lot of areas, but I know that my relational skills improved after reading this book. So yeah, Robin, won't you just kick us off with the first principle, how not to suck at relationships? Okay. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is, are you ready for relationships? And like Pastor Jay said, you know, most people go around having huge relational blind spots. And so I thought it was quite cool that he he chose to use those words because the first principle is the lens principle, which speaks again to eyesight. It speaks to how you see things. Mm. And Matthew 7, verse 3 to 5, it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So this principle speaks about what you are seeing. It speaks about how you are seeing. And so who you are, what it comes down to is that you, the person that you are, Pastor Jay, the person that you are, me, Robin, the person that I am determines how I see others. So what that means is that if you are a trusting person, you will see other people as trustworthy. If you're a critical person, you will see others as critical. If you're a caring person, you will see others as compassionate. And so the way you view others is determined by who you are. If you don't like people, that's really a statement about you and the way you look at people. So your viewpoint is the problem. Yeah. And so you need to look at your viewpoint. Your viewpoint may be the problem in your relationship. And so if that is the case, I want to challenge you. Don't try and change others. Like Matthew said, don't try and take the speck out of someone else's eye when you have a plank in your own eye. Don't even focus on others. Yeah. Focus on yourself. That's right. If you have, like you said, if you say you have uh, these shades that have got a, a, a tint of green, everything looks green. You know, mm. it's just like you, you bias because of the lenses that you're wearing. And I've realized that most people, when they speak about others, when they think about others, when they look into uh, their relationships, they always have the same complaint. Oh, yeah, people are not trustworthy. People are. But the thing is, you're wearing the wrong lens. And you know, Pastor Jay, I remember a time where I was really struggling with relationships in my life and kind of speaking to you about it and saying like, what's the problem? Like, da 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 trying to look at everyone else around me. And and, and I remember you you challenged me with the thought of, hey, what's the common denominator in all these <laughs> relationships? The common denominator is you. Yeah. And so you told me to go and examine myself And that was a really hard thing to hear. Like, I'm not going to lie. That was a hard thing to hear. Like, hey, you're having all these relational problems. The common denominator is you. But sometimes we just need to be honest with ourselves and be like, hey, I'm my own biggest enemy kind of thing. And so I think this leads us perfectly into the next principle. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes, the next principle is what he calls the mirror principle. Uh, It basically states that the first person we must examine is our cells. Michael Jackson saying it, it starts with 
the man in the mirror. You know, when people are unaware of who they are, when they are unaware of how they um, behave, they often suck at relationships. And many times people will not tell you how you're showing up. But if you went into, and looked at yourself in the mirror, you know, the, the, the perfect mirror for me is always the word of God. You know, the mm-hmm. Bible says in James, uh, the word of God is like a, a perfect mirror. And so when you look at yourself in the mirror, the mirror tells you who you are and then you, you, you adjust yourself before you begin to uh, pursue any relationship. So I think it's very important for our listeners to understand that if you want, if you're serious about developing good healthy relationships you need to start with the man in the mirror yeah pastor jay i just want to add something on that whole self-awareness thing you know i'm sure you've come across situations where you've been in a group of people and someone comes in and they're just so unaware of how they show up how they show up in body language how they show up in speech um just even in the way they do simple interactions with people you know and I think that many people are struggling with relationships just because of that one thing. Mm. So already, you know, if if you are that kind of person that just goes into a social setting, not caring about how you're showing up, that's maybe a bit of a red flag that you need to consider because we seem to just be like, oh, that's who I am. You know, I'm honest. I'm this, I'm that. Yeah. And, and, we te- and we sabotage our relationships probably unintentionally most of the time just because we're not aware of self. That's right. You know, a mirror is a very practical uh, tool, if I would call it that. You know, uh, these days, because I'm going to the gym early in the morning, uh, you know, I get up and I just have to look at myself in the mirror if I'm brushing my teeth or whatever I'm doing, just to make sure that I'm not going to show up in the gym looking like uh, some crazy person with sleep all over my eyes, you know. So the mirror will tell me, hey, you missed a sport. You need to get this part right. And so in your relationships before you jump into any relationship, look yourself in the mirror. Am I going to show up right? So you need to say to yourself, the first person I must know is myself. Mm. You can't go out and like, oh, let me get to know that person. And yet you don't even know yourself. Know yourself. That's, that's what it means to look yourself in the mirror. If you can't get along with yourself, how on earth do you expect others to get along with you? Mm. So you want to try and find a way, a healthy way to get along with yourself. Develop a healthy self-image because if that's not in place, you're always going to be negative mm. when you show up in other people's uh, relationships. And I think I want to stress something here that a healthy <laughs> self-image because, you know, there's also people who love themselves too much. And that can also be detrimental to relationships. And so you need to find that balance. You know, it's good to get along with yourself. It's good to love things about yourself. But when you are more in love with the idea of having a relationship with yourself and more interested in promoting your own self-interest and all that kind of stuff, then you are about others. That's also a a fine line that you don't want to cross over. That's right. So it's a healthy self-image that we're talking about. If you think of yourself in a negative way, chances are every time you show up in a relationship, you are looking for others to validate you. So Mm. that, that way you see yourself is going to affect Affect or influence the way you relate to others. You're always going to be sucking like, hey, please appreciate me. Tell me I'm good enough. Uh, so get a healthy self-image. Looking yourself in the mirror also means, among other things, that the first person to cause problems 
is myself. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have problems in relationships, you're quick to look at the other person like they are at fault. But here's what this principle forces us to, to deal with. The first person that causes a problem is self. So admitting this truth will force you to, uh, to be honest with yourself, to always check did I do something wrong? Uh, do I have to change the way I, um, you know, approached the situation? So the first person to cause problems is yourself. And lastly, um, looking at yourself in the mirror is the first person I must change is myself. You know, when relationships are going bad, when relationships are sour, everybody wants to leave the relationship or change change the relationship or change the other person in the relationship. But the, re the reality is the first person you need to change is yourself. If you change yourself, the situation inevitably changes. And many times I've realized that God will put me in difficult relationships to change something in me. Wow, Pastor Jay, this is some deep stuff and we're only on the second principle. <laughs> um, the third principle is the pain principle. Now, what this says is simply hurting people hurt people. I'm mm -hmm. sure that you've heard that said. There's this German um, poet who said, if you hate a person, you hate something in him that is part of yourself. Mm. What isn't part of ourselves doesn't disturb us. Sure. That's that deep. is deep. And so, oh man, this, this principle is for me personally, a huge one because I've been that hurting pe person that hurts a person. <laughs> and I've also been hurt by hurting people. Yeah. And so the truth is, and this is completely changed in just a short time, the way I'm viewing relationships, when hurting people lash out, it's in response to what is happening inside of them more than what's happening around them. That's good. There's something within them that they feel or that they believe that is having a negative vibe, a negative result. And because of that, they just lash out. Yeah. And the truth is, is that people, and again, it comes to that whole self-image thing. The people who don't believe in themselves will struggle to succeed at not just relationships, but really in life and also try and keep those around them from succeeding mm. at life. That, that is really deep. The hurt within us can be something that stops us from fulfilling what we are meant to do. You know what, Robin, when people give uh, this huge reaction to something small, the issue there is not what you have said, it's not what you have done. It's because they've got an inner hurt that they've been nursing mm. something, an inner issue that they've been, uh, you know, nursing and they're not just being honest about it. You know, if I had a wound, if you touched me gently in a place where I'm uh, hurt or wounded, it's going to be painful. And then if you did not know that there was a wound there, you're going to be amazed at my reaction. Like, come on, I just touched you. And I've seen this in relationships. You, you kind of just say something that is really like, maybe it's a joke, maybe something mild. And you get this over the top reaction and you wonder what's happening. And they start lashing out. They start saying, calling you names and doing all sorts of mm. things. It's just simply this principle, hurting people hurt others definitely and not only do hurting people hurt others but they're also easily hurt by others like what you said mm -hmm. so as you interact with them you have to remember that anytime a person's response to a given situation to you maybe trying to come in and and bring a bit of correction or even help sometimes anytime that that person's response is larger than the issue at hand 
it's always about something else. Yeah. It's always about something else. So if you find yourself dealing with a hurting person, don't take it personally. Yeah. I know it's easier said than done, but do not take it personally. Look beyond the person and the situation for the problem. Try not to add to his or her hurt. So if you can see someone that's got a wound on their arm, don't go and stick your finger in it and try and hurt them even more kind of thing. You need to forgive those who lash out at you and and try and help them to move on. And then, so if you are the hurting person that's hurting others, you need to deal with your issues, okay? You need to come face to face. Again, you know, check the lens, check the mirror. Don't expect someone else to fix your issue. Robin, I love this because, you know, our title today is How Not to Suck at Relationships. And I want to say if your relationships are sucking and you've got pain that you have not dealt with, you need to go and deal with that pain. Mm. Because if you don't deal with the pain, you are going to cause the people you love so much more pain. And this may sound completely opposite to what we're trying to say because we're saying relationships are so important. But if you are in a lot of pain, you should be very careful with who you let close to your pain. Oh, yes. Because the truth is, is that everyone has issues. Yeah. Everyone on some level has some sort of pain that they are dealing with. And so if you have two people that are in a lot of pain and you bring them close to each other, chances are it is just going to be a recipe for disaster. And the truth is, is that in most cases, you don't have that answer. You don't even know how to deal with your most deep pain so you must get help get the help that you need to deal with your pain yeah so whatever that looks like maybe for you you need to go see a counselor maybe you need to go see someone and speak to someone really deal with those things but keeping it hidden and not dealing with it i promise you you will never succeed at relationships you will always suck at relationships yeah so learning how to manage your pain will make you a better Person number one, it'll make you a better friend. It'll help you not to suck at relationships. Inevitably, when you deal with people or when you're trying to build healthy relationships, you are going to find yourself in conflict. And so this brings us to the next principle. It's called the hammer principle. Basically, it states that never use a hammer to swat a fly on someone's head. You know, we we can laugh about this because... If, if you had a fly on your head right now, I would try and look for something that is really gentle to get it off. But many times when we are in conflict situations, we want to use a hammer. I think Abraham Maslow once said that if the only tool you have is a hammer, you tend to see every problem mm. as a nail. That's like deep. You know, if the only t- relational tool you have is a hammer, whenever there is an issue in your relationships, you want to use a hammer and that's terrible. It might work in some situations, but it's terrible for relationships. Using a hammer to deal with your relationships is definitely going to cause people so much more hurt and pain. So I want to encourage you to be very careful what tool you use when you find yourself in a difficult situation in your relationships, when you have a conflict situation, especially in small conflicts, Mm. the small minor issues. You know, sometimes somebody just says the wrong thing and you take out your hammer. You are not going to win in relationships. You're going to suck because everybody's going to be so, you know, 
extra careful. Uh, um, they'll be walking on eggshells around you because they just know that if they say the wrong thing, you are going to, you know, use that hammer. So whenever you are tempted to use a hammer in whatever situation, you need to uh, tone down your reaction, your response to the situation by using these four T's that I am going to give you very quickly. Number one is the total picture. Do you come to conclusions long before the problem has been laid out before you? In other words, you know, many times something happens and we jump to conclusions and we're like, I'm going to fix this. And you take out your hammer. I'm quickly going to fix this. And when you do that, you miss the total picture. You don't allow people to fully express themselves or to explain themselves to make things right. So to avoid using the hammer, we need to ask ourselves these questions. If I train myself to follow this process, to listen, to ask questions, to listen again, ask more questions, listen some more, then and only then respond. Mm. Many times we don't even listen. We don't even ask questions for clarity. We just think, I know what is going on right now. So I'm going to put that person in their rightful place. And we come out with a hammer and we end up sucking at relationships. So here is an important process. Listen, listen again, ask more questions. <laughs> listen, listen again, then and only then respond. It, it feels like a laborious process, but that will help you not to suck at relationships. The second T is timing. When you act is as important as taking the right action. Many times we just focus on the right action and we don't uh, uh, focus on the timing. Is this the right time to deal with the situation? So something might happen and you're in front of everybody, you're with your friends and you're hanging out and you feel like, oh yeah, I need to deal with this. And you act at the wrong time. Yes, the action was right, but the timing was off. And if the timing is off, many times we ruin good relationships. Then the third T is your tone. Uh, the writer of Proverbs says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I've realized that many times we, uh, in our attempt to resolve conflict, to deal with things, we choose, we use the wrong tone. We come with a harsh word and we kind of like, I am going to prove to them that nobody does this to me and you use the wrong tone. If your tone is wrong, you are using a hammer. Mm. And I think your tone is so much more than just your words. Mm. It is so much more than just your words. It is your body language. It is your attitude. It is the way you show up. And so many things happen. So many times relationships are ruined because someone can have, oh, and I've seen it. I've seen it. You can have all the right words. Mm. You can have all the biblical principles laid out very neatly in front of you. But your, oh man, I don't, if people could just get this, because it doesn't matter how much you want to say the right thing. What's going on inside of you always, always comes out. Robin, I always say to people, when you are in a conflict situation, try and be present when you're trying to resolve mm. it. Because nowadays everyone is giving into, you know, sending a WhatsApp message. Don't do that because people may not get your tone. 
So when, when I read something in a conflict situation, I am going to give it whatever tone mm. I want. So you might be saying, hey, Justin, what you did is wrong. But if I use the wrong tone in reading that, I'm going to feel like you're attacking me. Mm. And then we have a war. And then you're wondering what happened. So it's very, very important in conflict situations to try and be present so that your tone is right. And if you can't, a voice note is better than a written note. Mm. I just want to add that there and help somebody right now. All right. And the last T is temperature. As, as your temper flares up, you lose control. You know, temper has always been one of those things that ruins relationships very, very fast. And then the last principle that we're going to look at today for this readiness question, like, are you ready for relationships and how not to suck at relationships is the elevator principle. Now, that simply means that you can either lift people up or you can put them down. There is no neutral ground. That elevator cannot be stuck on the same level. You're either doing one thing or the other. And so if you're not lifting people up, you are probably putting them down. Yeah. Now, this is a no-brainer. Your primary goal in relationships should be to lift people up. And so you need to evaluate yourself. You can also evaluate the various people in your lives because there's four kinds of people. There's people who add something to your life. Mm -hmm. So are you adding joy? Are you adding something good to someone's life? Are the people around you adding something to your life? Those are the people we enjoy being around. We love being around those people. The second type is subtractors, people who subtract something, they take something away. So are you taking something away from someone? Um, are, is that person taking something away from you? Yeah, we kind of tolerate these people. You know, it's like, oh, we may not necessarily be like, oh, I don't want them in my life or da, 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 da. But we do tolerate them. You know, they're not our favorite people to be around. The third kind is the multipliers. These are people that multiply the good in your life. These Those are the are people, people that we look up to, the people that we really admire, the people that we value. And so, you know, you need to be a multiplier that, and you need to have some multipliers in your life as well. And then the fourth kind is the dividers. Now, these are the people that we try and avoid at <laughs> all costs because they just, they are divisive people. They also take something out of your life. You know, yeah. they, they just cause destruction where they go. And so if you're a divider, <laughs> You need to do something. And if you have some dividers in your life, then maybe you need to have some hard conversations. You know, um, Pastor Jay, in the book, um, John Maxwell writes that most people are people that put others down. Yeah. There's very few people who are lifters. Yeah. For me, this is almost like, a, it's like a cry, you know, to say, be a lifter. Oh, yeah. Be a lifter. Don't be content with just taking away, just dividing from other people, be a lifter. That's right, Robin. You cannot say you are ready for relationships if you are not a lifter. Uh, one of the main indicators whether you're ready to develop good, healthy relationships is are you willing to lift other people up? Because if you're not willing to do that, if you if you are looking for somebody to lift you up, and that's often the case, isn't it? We we want to start 
relationships when we are down and we are hoping that it's the other person's responsibility to lift me up, mm-hmm. then chances are we're going to subtract from that person. We're going to be subtracting. But when you come into a relationship with this idea that I want to add, I want to multiply, mm-hmm. I want to add value and multiply what they already have, you will inevitably lift people higher. And this doesn't happen by accident. Oh, yes. You do not become a lifter because you're such a great person. You do not become a lifter because of the circumstances that you get thrown into. Chances are, if you're just going to go by whatever um, emotion you feel on the day, you're going to be someone that's going to put someone down. So the lifters who actually add value to others it's always done with intentionality because the truth is, is that adding value to others means that you need to give of yourself and this can't happen by accident. You know, in relationships, it is so easy to receive. It is so easy to be on the receiving side. To Can I just say, to be that leech, <laughs> yeah. to be that person that's just going to suck the life out of others. Giving is much more difficult. Yeah. And so if you want to lift people up and if you want to add value to other people's lives, then you need to keep these things in mind. You know, lifters commit themselves to daily encouragement. Mm. Okay. So you need to reach out to someone daily. You need to make sure that this doesn't have to be a huge thing. It can be as simple as, you know, seeing your colleague and saying, I love the earrings you're wearing today. Something just that encourages someone because you never know that that might be the only kind word that that person hears in a day. So you need to commit yourself to daily encouragement. You also need to know, a lifter needs to know that there's a very fine line that separates hurting and helping others. When you see people that are going through situations, you need to make sure that you're actually helping them and not hurting them. You know, if someone's going through a really hard situation, it's so easy for us to want to come down on them and be like, oh, get over it. Or, you know, um, you should have dealt with this by now. Or I don't know, fill in the blank. But you want to make sure that you are helping the person and not hurting them. Mm. And then lifters bring positivity into negative environments. This is a hard one. For me, especially, um, you know, I am a feeler. I feel (laughs) what is going on in an environment. And if something is negative, you know, if I can feel negative vibes, it is hard for me to bring the positivity in. But, you know, if you're serious about being a lifter, then you need to do the work. That's a huge challenge for me as well, is that I need to do the work to make sure that I'm bringing positivity into an environment. Let's face it, Robin, when anybody walks into a room and there's tension, we all sense the tension. And very few people are willing to try and do something to lift or to change the atmosphere. And unless you are intentional about it, you're going to avoid it. It's just like, oh, well, let me walk out and uh, I don't want this awkwardness. But when you are uh, investing in healthy relationships, sometimes you need to be that person that says, hey, how can I lift you up Mm. and your relationships become better? And the last thing that a lifter does, and I love this because, again, I think people get so caught up in the rhythms of life and things that don't matter. Lifters understand that life is not a dress rehearsal. (laughs) They understand that every single moment counts. Every single moment matters. I want to say to someone who's maybe listening today, who's not valuing people, who's not serious about developing relationships because, hey, I'm focusing on this right now. I'm focusing on whatever, fill in the blank right now and I'll, I'll get to relationships later. 
later might never come. Yeah. Later might never come. And you may miss out on some amazing people in your life because you're treating whatever stage you're in right now as a dress rehearsal. No, my friend, you're living life right now every single day. And you may be missing out on opportunities. You may be missing out on some amazing experiences, some just daily joy in your life because you're treating your life as a dress rehearsal. So if you want to be a lifter, you need to realize that every single opportunity that you have to be investing in people, to be loving on people is something that can make a difference, not only to their lives, but it will also add value to your own life. That's good. You know, Robin, they did a, a, a study. I'm not sure which organization did this, but they did a study of like over, I think it was a thousand successful people at the end of their lives towards the end. And they asked them, what made you happy? Uh, what would you do more if you were to relive your life again? And they said 89% of the people said, what I would have done more is spend more time with people. Mm. Because at the end of your life, it's not how wealthy you are, how many things you've got. It's who is in your life and what sort of relationships you have. And so many times we sacrifice relationships for things and we're like we will work on relationships later if you were to die in that state you're gonna die empty Mm -hmm. you're gonna be uh, most of these successful people you know you watch you watch a movie like uh the bucket list here is a guy at the end of his life extremely wealthy and there's no one who's really in good relationship with him and um everyone who's there is just wanting something from him but there's very few people that you could say they are here for me. And this is, this is very, very important. And if, if anything, if you are not valuing relationships, just think of the end of your life. One day you're going to look back and say, I wish I had more time to listen to people's stories, to connect with people, to invest in relationships. Um, and it's never going to be, I wish I had more money. Hmm. Oh, that is deep. All right. So to conclude this uh, episode, Robin, I want to say it again. I've been saying it to you guys. Well, I did say it to you guys around the table almost every day when we were discussing this subject. Relationships are difficult. You know, if you think it's easy, you are not in a good, healthy relationship. Good, healthy relationships are difficult. They require work. If you want people to look at your relationships and say, wow, I wish I had those kind of relationships, you need to be working on them every single day. So the principles that we have given you today are personal. It starts with you. I know the temptation is to listen to this and say, let me send it to my friends so that they can learn these principles. Then we'll have better relationships. No, 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 my friend. It starts with you. And if you really are serious about applying these things in your personal life, your relationships are going to become better. So I want to challenge you. If you don't want to suck at your relationships, let's face it. At some point, you have sucked in a relationship. Even the guys that are saying, hey, my relationships are better now. I'm saying my relationships are better. But I can tell you, I have a few relationships that I look back at and I'm saying, my goodness me, I sucked in that relationship. But if you begin to take this principle seriously, your relationships will become better. So the lens principle, again, from the top, I want to challenge you. Change your lenses. Who you are determines how you see others. The mirror principle, the first person we must examine 
is ourselves, the pain principle, hurting people hurt people, and uh, hurting people are easily hurt by others. The hammer principle says never use a hammer to swat a fly on a person's head. And lastly, the elevator principle, we can lift people up or take them down in our relationships. The choice is yours. It starts with you. Wow, Pastor Jay, this has been an incredible episode and I can't wait to unpack the rest of this uh, in the rest of this week. And so I want to encourage you all to share this episode with someone, share this podcast with someone. We want to get the word out there because we really believe that this is so key to helping people grow. This is so key to helping people succeed at life. And so until tomorrow, let's keep growing. Growing.